Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there and welcome to a brand new Arscast right here on arsblog.oleole.com. It has been a rather mixed week for the Arsenal, a painful home defeat to West Brom on Saturday, followed up by a decent away win in the Champions League against Partizan Belgrade. Apparently the first time we've ever won there. I don't know how many times you've ever played there. Once? Twice? I don't know. Not like it was a huge burden we were carrying with us. Oh, we've never won in Belgrade. None of us have ever played here, so of course not. Nevertheless, we'll take the positive out of it, going into what is going to be a very difficult weekend. The most challenging game of the season so far, an away trip to Stamford Bridge, and we'll have plenty to talk about regarding that game between now and the end of the show. As well as that, we'll have a tale of the unexpected. Internet Joe will be along shortly. Gunnar Hollick will be here to shoot the breeze and talk about all the bits and pieces that have gone on this week, as well as all the usual waffle and balderdash and blarney uh, that you come to expect on the Arscast. So, uh, West Brom on Saturday. I thought it was going to be a lot better than that, I have to say. Um, and Roberto Di Matteo, I know he's an ex-Chelsea guy and everything. Um, I have football-related dreams a lot. And I remember vividly having a dream about him, Arsenal playing Chelsea when he was uh, a Chelsea player. And he was made entirely from Lego. And I think it was Freddie Jumberg tackled him in the first minute of the game and he just went... And it was like bits bits of Lego falling all over the pitch. And he was lying there screaming with his... Ah, with his Lego head. And uh, nobody could put him back together. Because nobody was any good at Lego. I was never good at Lego as a child. I could build a wall or I could build a tower. Those were the only two things I could build from Lego. And in my dream, my inability to do Lego uh, prevented me from putting Roberto Di Matteo back together. And that's a bit irrelevant, I know. But I always think about that dream when I look at him. What if someone tackled him and he just... into loads of pieces. Um, Credit to him and to his side, in fairness, they uh, took us apart. We played very poorly. Very poorly indeed. We all know the players who played badly, and it was worrying because it was a bit too reminiscent of some of the defeats uh, towards the end of last season and some of the defeats from last season where it was a lack of effort, lack of application, concentration, and uh, it was just really, really sloppy. Um, The goals were awful, all of them. Defensive errors, goalkeeping errors. And it was a bit difficult to watch. It was quite easy to watch the first half because I found a stream which had uh, just crowd noise. It was brilliant, really good quality stream with just crowd noise. 
No commentators, nothing. Just the crowd noise. And even though we played badly, I thought to myself, well, you know, this is going all right. We've saved a penalty. I don't have to listen to any commentators. The stream quality is good, and we're going to do better in the second half. Yep. <clears throat> I was very, very wrong indeed. Um, but I blame Trevor Francis. Because when I came back up uh, at halftime, I'd gone down to get a beer or something, and when I came back up, that stream was gone, and I had to find one, I had to listen to a commentator plus Trevor Francis. And that's not right. Nobody should have to listen to Trevor Francis. Whenever I hear him on something, all I can think of is that there's a commentator sitting there beside Trevor Francis who could kill Trevor Francis and put the world out of its misery. Why does he always commentate on games when he has a cold? Why can't he say, well, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I've got a, you can hear clearly, I've got a terrible cold. So Trevor Francis remained unkilled and Arsenal lost the game. So it was most unsatisfactory, uh, as well as all the Arsenal reasons. Uh, Almunia got injured, and that was probably a contributory factor to his mistake, which meant that in midweek, Lukas Fabianski had to play against Partizan Belgrade. Um, the poll on the uh, on the blog earlier in the week, there was 1.19% of nearly 10,000 Arsenal fans who voted on it wanted to see Fabianski in, in, uh, in goal for Arsenal. I know these things are emotive and probably non-scientific and perhaps a little unreasonable, but it, it's clear that not too many people have a great deal of faith in him, apart from Arsene Wenger. Um, and he, he repaid some of that faith by saving a penalty and making a good save late on. But I was looking at it, and I was struck by the thought that he's picked a rather forgiving career. In the sense that, imagine if Fabianski had woken up and decided, well, I don't want to be a footballer, and I don't want to be an accountant. I want to be um, a daredevil, like evil Knievel. And... Right, I'm going to go down this ramp on my motorbike. I'm going to jump over 16 buses and and he comes off the ramp and hits the first bus. And then the next time he hits the second bus and, you know, just keeps motorbiking into buses. Eventually, there'll be nothing left but this sort of jellyish bag of crushed bones and floppy bowly haircut. Goalkeeper is a much more forgiving career for Lukas Fabianski. He can make mistakes without the risk of death. Maybe for us it would have been better had he been. Evil Knievel, the Polish evil Knievel, Pavel Knievel. Does that make any sense? I don't know enough Polish names and apologies to any Polish listeners if I've just insulted you all, but you know what I mean. Uh, nevertheless, he came through it well enough. Arsenal won the game and we have to take the positives from that. And for the rest on what's happened this week, here's Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe and here's me 32nd roundup. West Brom at home. Almunia gave away a penalty. You're shy. I hate you. He saved it. Almunia, we love you. 1-0 down. 2-0 Almunia. 3-0. Where's the defence? We're shy. Nasri. Nasri again. Still shy. Serbia. Arshavin 1-0. Come on. Denielsen. You bleeding lizard. Penalty Arsenal. Arshavin. No. Shamak. Get in there. Skilachi. Get in there. Oh, penalty down. Oh, no. Fabianski. We'll have more from Internet Joe on next week's Arsecast. A few people have emailed me, actually, wondering if Internet Joe is going to set up a, a Twitter account of his own. And my reply is, of course, that that is about the last thing the world needs. Literally. There are millions of them out there already. Go looking. 
Seriously, seek and you shall not be disappointed. So no, there won't be a Twitter account for Internet Joe. However, there will be a range of Internet Joe ringtones and merchandise winging its way to you shortly. Stay here for more details on that. Now, to take in some of the stories of the week and look ahead to the Chelsea game, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Arscast the one and only Gunnar Hollick. Hello there. Hi there, Blogs. Thanks for inviting me again. You're very welcome. Glad to have you. Let's start, if we if we might, and we have to, I'm afraid, with the West Brom game. Um, and a, a 3-2 defeat at home. Scoreline doesn't really tell the story of the game itself. It was a, a very poor performance. There are some that might say, uh, it was the first defeat of the season, and maybe the reaction to it has been a bit too vociferous. But it puts you in mind of some of the uh, the defeats in the past when perhaps the opposition weren't taken as seriously uh, as they should have been. Do you get a sense of that from West Brom, or was it just an off day? Uh, now that we're sort of uh, a week after the event, I've, I've calmed down a great deal. And, of course, we've had the benefit of a decent result since then. But last Saturday night, uh, I can't deny that I was probably as upset as everybody else was. Mm. Not because we'd lost, not just because it was West Brom, but it was the nature of the defeat. Actually, West Brom, full credit to them, uh, worked out pretty quickly. We were having an off day. They were prepared to commit players forward and, and, and we paid the penalty for not tracking them, not covering them. We didn't work from the forward back. And I think that was the most frustrating thing because what happened last season was that we started brightly, pressured sides from front to back, didn't give them time to play and looked a very good side. And it, up until Saturday at three o'clock, I think people were starting to get the same feeling and particularly, of course, with the biggest feel good of all of having one at Tottenham mm. only just a couple of days before. So, mm. yeah, I, I was bitterly disappointed on Saturday night. And it's, it's funny because you'll know as well when I don't go to the game, I do try to get one of the first kind of reactions out, not a report as such, but mm. just my impressions of it. And I try to tone things down. It was very difficult on Saturday, I have to say because uh, the, the, it was the lack of effort more than the poor performance mm. that really goaded you. It is a worry, though, isn't it? Because I know people will say, well, Arsenal were without Van Persie, they're without the captain, Cesc Fabregas, or without Vermaelen, um, who is... If they're not used to playing without big players by now, they never <laughs> will be. It's been going on for nine months. Well, this is very true, but you might point to those players as maybe being the, the, the more obvious leaders in the side, and, and really on the day... You could only say that Samir Nasri stepped up and tried at least to do something and got two goals. Um, but you've got to, Arsene Wenger talks all the time about how you've got to have captains all over the field. Um, it, it was disappointing in that regard as well. I'm not altogether sure that I buy that because, like you say, there was Nasri out there. I think that a lot of was made of the fact that nobody came to talk to the press afterwards and that translated into this lack of leaders on the field. Um, there are players who did not produce on Saturday mm. who you have seen produce in the past. And it was kind of unfortunate that, you know, at the moment, Alex Song is going through a particularly rough patch. You've got um, Andre Arshavin, who uh, has played a lot better than he has started this season. Um, I, I think more is being made of that aspect than needs to be. But I, I do think there's a. it was particularly the application and... 
whether that is because you've got a, a captain in goal who's having a bad day and so he's not lifting people, but someone in front of him doesn't feel inclined to take over the mantle, I don't know. But mm. uh, no, I'm, I'm not overly sold on that one. All right. OK, well, uh, Arsene Wenger said he didn't recognise his team. Um, for many of us, I think we, we did oh, recognise yes, that team. <laughs> and that's the unfortunate thing. Um, Thankfully, we don't see them very often. That's a good thing. Um, perhaps, uh, you know, if you want to try and take any positives out of it, it's a, it's a real kick in the arse ahead of what's coming uh, this weekend. Yeah, and if you look back a couple of years, and it's only a couple of years, but you had a situation, I think, where we'd... Um, lost uh, a couple of real bad games. I remember Stoke was one of them and we had sort of in a six-week spell Manchester United at home on the back of a bad couple of defeats mm. and we beat them. I remember. And we then went and lost another couple of awful games, went to Stamford Bridge and won 2-1 and you hope that that's the reaction that we get this time round and really there is no reason. I know we're talking about the number of players that we're missing but Chelsea, I don't know that they've gone forward from last year. I know they're murdering the poor sides that they've met so far. But, you know, the first half-decent side they met last week, they came a cropper against Manchester City. Mm. In the League Cup, uh, admittedly, a sub a substrength side has lost to a substrength Newcastle side. But that's indicative of the fact that Chelsea don't have the strength in depth, I don't think. Uh, that possibly we have had to develop because of the injury situation that we've got. Mm. And I, I see no, absolutely no reason why we shouldn't go there, particularly with Lampard missing, uh, and, and put up a show. All right. Well, I mean, one of the um, one of the things that's going to be on the agenda, of course, and you spoke about the key, the keeper being a captain, is who's going to play in goal on on Sunday. And, <laughs> don't ask me that, please. No, don't. well, I'm not going to ask you who, who is going to play, but we'll speak about it in general terms. Um, <laughs> yeah. Almunia made a big error for, for West Brom's second goal, and, um, you know, it was costly. Um, he's been left out uh, due to injury, and I think he picked up an injury. I don't believe that Arsene Wenger dropped him. Um, you know, it's not that uh, inverted commas uh, injury-type situation that's been that's gone on in the past. Uh, particularly when the the option was a guy who is has been particularly error prone, but Lukas Fabianski came through the midweek test fairly well. Uh, didn't have a great deal to do, um, but stepped up, saved the penalty, made a good save fairly late on as well. Um, and while it's way too early, I think to talk about him turning things around. Uh, if he does have to play on Sunday, it is only positive for us that he's had that kind of a performance and not another one where we're holding our head in our hands and wondering when the uh, ground is going to uh, open up and swallow Fabianski. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just briefly, uh, if you're given an option between um, a, a goalkeeper who's, shall we say, error-prone less often and has <laughs> up until last Saturday, I thought, had a pretty good season. Yeah. And the the guy who has had a good night on the other on Tuesday night, I would go with the guy who's error prone less often. And I don't <laughs> think many would disagree with that. The least but, yeah. worst. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be very politi politic about you're it. You're doing you're doing well. Carry <clears> on. But I have to say, at, at the end of the day, and you know, we I think we've all made the point, and we've all come out. Nobody wants to see Fabianski have a nightmare. Everybody came out and mentioned, at least in passing, the fact that he did get through the other night, did play well. He will have been given confidence. I thought it was a wonderful penalty save. I thought the one afterwards as well uh, showed much stronger wrists than he had done at Tottenham the week before. 
and you know and the, that can only be good and i i actually don't have any qualms about him starting on sunday because at the end of the day nobody goes to do a bad job no matter what they do in you or i in our line of work quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You don't go to do a bad job. If you're not very good at it, that's another matter. But, you know, it, it, he's he's going there. He's not intending to do a bad job. And if he's confident from the other night, if he gets out there, if he's given some protection by his defence, which is the key thing, El Mooney had got absolutely no protection last Saturday from any single member of that back four. They have got to put that right tomorrow. And I think, actually, they put it right the other night by making some changes. Mm. They've got to reverse those changes probably for Stamford Bridge because they've probably took... Arsene wanted to teach them a lesson and hopefully they've taken that lesson on board. Well, uh, one, yeah, okay, while we're on that, one of the changes that he did make was Kieran Gibbs at left-back for Gail Clichy. And, and Gail Clichy, uh, we, could, we could go down the least error-prone thing here with, with Clichy and Gibbs. What, what Clichy has is some experience. Uh, what Gibbs seems to have is a bit more, um, he's a bit more solid defensively. I think I know he gave away a, a penalty right towards the end, uh, but you know, obviously he did that to make Fabianski look good. Um, <laughs> it's a big, big game to throw him into, Gibbs. Um, but he's played in a Champions League semi-final. Absolutely, he has, and he fell over and cost us the game. No, I'm joking. But, um, you know... Would he look at that game on Sunday and, and look at the way Clichy has been exposed this season and realise that Gibbs hasn't been exposed in the same way, hasn't made the same mistakes? Um, what would you be? Would you be tempted uh, to leave Gibbs in the team? Because I know I would. Um, I'd be tempted, but I'd go back to the answer that really I gave about the goalkeepers. If you've got a guy who, yes, I... Clichy, if you pick him out over the last two or three seasons, you'll pick out seven or eight examples of him costing us a goal. Um, Gibbs has not had the same number of opportunities to cost us a goal. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit more fortunate because you look at, I think there was early doors on Tuesday night. He had a ball under no pressure at all on the left-hand side, trod on it, fell over, and luckily there was nobody there to dispossess him. Mm. You know, If that was cliche, maybe they'd have been a guy breathing down his neck would have run off and stuck it away. <laughs> For sure. Well... Um, I, I think at Stamford Bridge, of all places, I would start with the guy who ought to be the better of the two at this stage of his development. And I take your point that Clichy hasn't had 
the best of starts and I don't think Sanya has had the best of starts either but I think you know uh, given the nature of the game if that doesn't lift them if that doesn't bring the rest out best out of them then okay yes we perhaps start to need looking at it afterwards because if you look after the Chelsea game um, apart from Manchester City I think in about three weeks time we've got a relatively straightforward run right through for sort of next six or seven weeks mm. until our friends from the other end of Seven Sisters Road come calling all right um well let's look at the I mean we did get away with uh, the result last weekend a little bit because we could be going to this game uh, on Sunday seven points behind Chelsea and potentially if we didn't win the uh, or if we lost again 10 points behind very early on in the season uh, and that's a huge uh, huge amount of points um is it a game however given the fact the gap is only four is it a game given the uh, the uh, the time of year it is we're only just heading into October a game that we're we're much more uh, it's more important not to lose than a game it, uh, than it is to win and I've said that, it's taken me about four minutes to say that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And obvious as it sounds, then yes. But um, the importance of the win, we know that on Sunday, everybody's going to be very uptight, excited. Whichever way it goes, if we win, we're going to be the, the greatest team on the planet. If we lose, then the manager's got to go. The goalkeeper's got to go. We've got to buy a centre forward, a defensive midfield player, three goalkeepers and a centre half. You know exactly what the reaction's going to be. And we know from last season that we can afford to lose this game at this stage of the season. Oh, do you and think the so? Points can come, yeah, and the points can come back. You saw twice last season we closed that gap, mm. but eventually it went, you know, at the, at the end. But I, I still think that there's a... I don't know why we, we're going into this game, I think, with a kind of mindset that we probably will lose. I don't accept that at all. I think this side has got to go in there believing it's going to get a result. I agree with you. It's, uh, you know, obviously a point is a better than no points, but I think they've got to be going for all three. I think we have the ability to get all three. I think if they get the attitude right, uh, then we have every chance of doing that. All right, well, uh, keep fingers crossed that your positive thinking uh, turns out to be true. Uh, we better leave it there. Gunnar Hollick, thank you very much. Thanks very much for that, Blogs. Thank you, as always, to Gunnar Hollick, and you can find him in his usual spot, www.gunnarholick.com, or you can follow him on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash the Hollick. And if you're not doing either of those things, I advise that you do. I mean, I'm not telling you to. You're perfectly free to make your own mind up, but you're missing out if you don't. And we'll be speaking to him again uh, on the Arsecast as the season progresses. We'll be looking ahead very shortly to the Chelsea game. Right now, though, a tale of the unexpected. Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Blog. Oscars. Hello, my name is George, and I've got another tale of the unexpected for you. I was in my local this week, got talking to this strange man who said he had a load of merchandise to shift. I'm the man for that kind of stuff, says I. I'm a man of the utmost discretion too. I won't say a word to anybody. 20,000 blank DVDs he had. Very odd fellow, though. His face never stopped moving. It was like there was a hundred thousand maggots under there squirming, always moving. I had to get away. Most disconcerting. So I did the deal. Nice price. And off I went to see me new woman. 
She's the ex-girlfriend of a Chelsea player. Well, can't have everything, but she's quite the looker. We're very much in love. Well, I wouldn't say love, but we love to spoon after we do it. After a good scissors, you know. <laughs> anyway, that night though, we were over there. And after we made sweet, sweet love, I was all paranoid. Because on the way over, I got a phone call from Wayne Bridge. Now, I'd sold him some hooky currency the other week. And he rings me up and he says, Hey, wait a minute. There's something not quite right about these nine euro notes. Ah, feck off, says I. And I hung up the phone. Wayne Bridge, ex-Chelsea girlfriend. So I'm lying there and I got paranoid and I says to her, Where is he? Where the hell is he? And she says, Who? Who are you talking about? And I said, You know fine well the guy who's always around shagging the ex-girlfriends of other Chelsea players. John Terry. I know he's here. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll put him over my knee and I'll spank him to death. So I will. Where is he? And she says, well, John Terry's not here at all. Which, uh, you know, as you can imagine, was quite unexpected to me. We'll have another tale of the unexpected on another Arsecast in the very near future. Now, looking ahead to the game this weekend against Chelsea, and the team news is, um, well, it's not particularly encouraging, uh, especially regarding Cesc Fabregas. Uh, his hamstring injury uh, looks like it's going to keep him out of the game. Uh, Arsene Wenger says it looks 50-50, but 50-50 on the negative side. I'll find out on Saturday morning. Um, he's been withdrawn from the Spanish squad for the interlull, which is coming up after the Chelsea game. They haven't picked him in that squad. Whether they think they can just do without him or whether it's because of the injury or they know how serious the injury is, I don't quite know. Um, and for us then to play him against Chelsea might be very risky you know, because we do need to get him properly fit. We need to get his hamstring um, sorted out once and for all because it's becoming a bit of a problem, an ongoing issue. Uh, and while we uh, obviously need Sesk when we go to Stamford Bridge, a place that difficult, uh, the idea that we could go there and play him and lose him for another three or four weeks, you have to weigh up the risk. Um, so I would be doubtful that we're going to see Sesk on Sunday. I'd love to. Uh, it's going to make our life an awful lot more difficult if he's not playing, but I just don't think he's going to. Uh, Almunia as well. Arsene Wenger says that's even more difficult. He's not been in a regular training session. So I'll see. That to me suggests that Fabianski is going to continue and... Uh, it's good that he's going into it on the back of a confidence-boosting performance against a Partizan, and he's got to maintain that. Nobody's expecting fireworks, just not cock-ups. That's all that we need. If he plays, and I do think that he's going to play. Um, normally that would fill me with serious terror, but I've had about five beers this evening, so maybe in the cold light of day. Uh, my knees will start knocking. Thomas Vermaelen remains out with his Achilles problem, and uh, they're being very cautious about that. We know how difficult they are to heal. And uh, if you aggravate an Achilles, if you tear it or if you snap it, you're looking at months and months out of the game. Uh, so they have to be a bit careful with Vermaelen and get that sorted out. Abu Dhabi uh, is going to be involved in the squad, at least whether he starts remains to be seen. Uh, funnily, the injury that kept him out of the midweek game seems to have been short-term. And uh, it looks like he'll be involved uh, to a certain extent. What was interesting against Partizan on uh, Tuesday was that the minute the second goal went in, Shamak came off, 
and Jack Wilshire came off. And I think both of those players, uh, well, obviously Shamak is going to play because he's the main striker, but Wilshire is going to play on Sunday. He has to. He's probably our most informed midfielder despite his 18 years. Uh, I think it was a real sign of the manager's faith in him that he took him off when we were ahead because he knew he needed him uh, for this Sunday. And it'll be interesting to see how Wilshire copes against what is a very, very good team. They've uh, blasted past nearly all in Sundry so far this season. As Hollick pointed out, uh, the first time they played a good team, that was Manchester City, they came up a bit short. And you have to hope that that is the case uh, against us on Sunday. Um, where I'll disagree with Hollick is where he said this was a game that we could probably afford to lose. And I know what he was saying. Uh, certainly in terms of points, seven wouldn't be the end of the world, not in October. But we don't want to fall that far behind. As well as that, I think we need to show that we've learned something from last season because we got battered at our place. And at their place, it was 2-0, and really, it wasn't even a close game. So we need to show we've made some progress and that we can step up and compete with uh, Chelsea this season. That's why I think a result is absolutely crucial, because it will instill confidence in the team. Because uh, Chelsea have got the Indian sign over, six wins in a row, um, and that becomes, uh, like we were talking about earlier, uh, it becomes a bit of a burden, a bit of a cross to bear. And I think the sooner we lay that ghost to rest, the better. As well as that, Coming away from Stamford Bridge without any kind of a result, there's the points thing, the disappointment of the fans, the lack of confidence fans will have in the team and, and the manager because of that. Uh, and I think it really is crucial that um, while we don't necessarily have to win, we definitely have to get something out of the game on Sunday. Let's not forget as well that the other reason we have to get something out of the game on Sunday is that they are the biggest pack of unspeakable cunts that you're likely to come across in your lifetime. John Terry and Drogba and Ashley Cole and the rest of them who kind of pale into insignificance of contitude beside those three. There's Anelka and, you know, it's just, they're horrible. And we owe them because last season hurt. Getting spanked at home and then going to their place and getting beaten again, it hurt because it showed that there was a, a gap, a gulf between the teams and we need to show that that's been closed. Even if we don't get a result, we have to put in a performance that at least we can take some positives out of because there were no positives really to be taken uh, from the games last season. So I'm going to keep everything crossed that on Sunday, uh, Sunday evening, we're happy, folk. Um, how happy? I don't quite know. Like happy, yay, or happy, woohoo! Stick that up your cunt, John Terry. That's the kind of happy I want to be, but I'll settle for the yay. So uh, here's keeping everything crossed for that. Uh, have yourselves a great weekend. Talk to you between now and the next Starscast on the blog. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. It had been a long week when he walked through the door and had to have my pet monkey put down when he was caught sodomizing a schoolboy. 
It was all consensual-like, but they go hard on monkeys these days. Should have put him in a priest uniform, I thought. Would have got away with it then. What do you want, mister? I'm tired and I need a hand job. And you can take that look off your face because I don't want it from you. Look, he said, I got a big problem and only you can fix it. It must be a big problem, so what is it? Well, he said, I got this goalkeeper. Every time he goes out to play, he's terrible. The opposition just have to look at him funny and the ball goes through his hands. He's got the catching skills of a thalidomide whose hands have gone through a mangle. But what do you want me to do about it, I said. Have a word with the opposition, see if one of them will go easy? No, he said. I want you to kill everyone who's ever seen him play. Jeez, mister, I said. Wouldn't it be easier to just kill him and buy a new goalkeeper? You're right, he said. I never thought of that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 